Uh, Chris, let's uh, let's pop these puppies open at two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. I know it's early. It's five oh eight. Just wondering if anybody uh, is ready to pay more in taxes. The Democrats want to raise your taxes. Not, no, the Democrats are going to try to raise your taxes. A major tax increase, says Chuck Schumer and and the other Democrats. He had a bunch of Democrats standing around him when he said this yesterday. I don't know, Chris, if, if you still have that handy, we can play it again from Chuck Schumer, if you don't mind. But uh, basically, he says to deal with inflation that they created, by the way, they and the Fed created all the inflation that you're living with right now. We didn't have inflation back during the Trump years. Uh, it was down between 1.7 and 2% during the Trump years. And now we have the highest inflation that we've had in 40 years. And to make it worse... Uh, on top of all the other high bills that you have to pay, now they want to increase your taxes. So here's Chuck Schumer talking about that. If you want to get rid of inflation, the only way to do it is to um, re- undo a lot of the Trump tax cuts and raise rates. No Republican is ever going to do that. So the only way to get rid of inflation is through reconciliation. Okay. So... um the only way to get that done is through reconciliation. We're going to bypass the Republicans because, as he said, no Republicans are going to vote for a tax increase uh, to take more money away from you. Basically, and this is their sick, twisted way of doing uh, economics, uh, they figure the more money that they take from you, and by the way, this is how the Fed does it too by raising interest rates, the more money they take from you, that's the less money, that's less money you have to spend on gas, groceries, entertainment, eating out, uh, stuff that you like to buy on Amazon, all that, all, you know, your, your normal everyday stuff and your discretionary, if anybody has any discretionary left at this point. And if the American people stop spending money because they're sending it to the federal government, or their interest rates on credit card debt and their mortgage rates and their car loans and everything. All that is going up. The Fed said at least seven more times this year with gigantic uh, interest rates. If you're paying more interest and you're paying more taxes, that's less money you have to spend on the other stuff that you enjoy. Going on a trip, uh, merely going to the grocery store to buy food for the baby, uh, whatever, whatever your daily expenses are. If they take more of it in terms of taxes or increased interest rates, then that slows the economy down. It slows inflation down. In other words, it tips us into a recession. And there are economists right now from Obama's time, believe it or not, Obama economists, that are saying we are already in a recession. And Nigel Farage was talking yesterday, Mr. Brexit, remember him? He's, he was talking yesterday about a worldwide global crash and a recession that is sure to come in a huge correction. So um, they just want to tip us into the, the Democrats just want to tip us into a recession faster and cause more pain upon the American people. I don't get it. I mean, they're masochists. I, you know, they are. They truly are. uh Status and masochists because they love inflicting pain on the American people. They really do. I mean, just hand them the flogger and let them beat you and draw blood from your back because that's exactly what they want to do. So who's into it? Democrats, give me a call at 210-599-5555. Thank you, Elaine, for turning the phones on. 210-599-5555. Democrats, go to the head of the line. You guys give me a call.
And let me see if you agree with your Democrat leader, Chuck Schumer, that we need a major tax increase, and they will bypass the minority, the Republicans in the Senate and the House to get it done. Are you ready to pay more in taxes right away? 210-599-5555. What did Elon Musk do after he bought Twitter? Ha! <laughs> Well, there's a guy writing a book about Elon Musk right now. He's a biographer that wrote books about Steve Jobs and Benjamin Franklin and Leonardo da Vinci and others. He's writing a book about Elon Musk, so he's with Elon, talking with Elon, and so on. The night after Elon Musk purchased Twitter, he went to Boca Chica, held his regular 10 p.m. meeting. That's right, 10 p.m. is when the guy has meetings. (laughs) And then he spent an hour working on the Raptor engine design that would be a SpaceX project working on the valve leak solutions. <laughs> no, Elon Musk is actually in the lab working on a valve leak problem that they've been having with their jet engines. And uh, nobody, br- <laughs> nobody brought up Twitter while he was working on this because he can multitask and compartmentalize. And so he was busy trying to solve this issue of leaky valves the day after he bought Twitter. And then he said yesterday, suspending the New York Post from Twitter was incredibly inappropriate. When Twitter banned the New York Post, their story about Hunter Biden, and I'm going to blow this wide open this morning, folks, with an in-depth report on 5.2 million Joe Biden dollars that are missing from a report that he filed In other words, he lied on a report, $5.2 million, that just might have come from the Chinese into Joe's pockets. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But meanwhile, if you remember the story that was going on to the campaign last year, the laptop from hell shows up. The New York Post does some digging. The New York Post comes up with the story on it and starts putting the story out, and they put it up on Twitter, and they put it up on Facebook and other places, and it was immediately canceled, and they were immediately removed from Twitter and and, uh, unable to get the story out. And uh, there were a lot of people who said had they known about that during the campaign, they would not have voted for Joe Biden. Well, Elon Musk is saying that move by Twitter taking down the New York Post and all that information about uh, Hunter Biden was incredibly inappropriate, he said. And uh, Sagar Injetti tweeted a Politico article about the social media company's top lawyer and how the top lawyer was crying. The Jay uh, Gotti, the top censorship advocate at Twitter, who gaslit the world on Joe Rogan's podcast and then censored the Hunter Biden laptop story, was crying in a meeting about Elon Musk coming in. One of the reasons that these folks are crying, the the number one reason that they're crying, is that they're losing power and control over the narrative. Now it's going to be fairer. Now the other side, meaning reasonable people, will have a voice, and the lefty lunatic Democrats will not be able to control the narrative anymore and control people. They can't control Elon Musk. I said that on Warren Rima yesterday. They cannot control this guy. And that just drives them nuts. The one thing that lefty lunatic Democrats always want to do is control other people, and they can't control Elon Musk, and that makes them crazy. To the point now where they have spent this week crying. Joy Reid calling Elon Musk a racist. He's never done anything racist in his life. He's Right now, right now, this minute, 
His SpaceX program is about to put the first black woman into space. Oh, yeah, he's a racist, all right. Anyway, uh, suspending the Twitter account of major news organization for publishing a truthful story was obviously incredibly inappropriate, Elon said yesterday. He also uh, talked in uh, talked about uh, yesterday how these uh, mainstream institutions are having this antibody reaction to free speech, and that's been interesting to watch as well. They are really incredibly upset about more free speech being out in the marketplace, and they're saying it that way. If you tune into the CNNs of the world, they're all saying we can't have more free speech. It's wrong. Washington Post, we can't have more free speech. We need more censorship, not more free speech. It was interesting, since Elon Musk announced he was taking it over. By the way, I hadn't taken it over yet, right? It's still under the control of the, uh, of the last regime. SEC filing has been done. They're working through the process. It takes a long time for these things to get approved and then the transition to happen. But amazingly, interestingly, because the books are about to be open and there's going to be a new set of eyes looking at what's been going on at Twitter behind the scenes, as they have been banning and, and, and getting rid of and censoring conservatives, all that information is going to be available. Well, whatever information they don't destroy, whatever information is not making it through a shredder right now, are being bleach, uh, what they call it, bleach bombed off these computers. Uh, that information is going to be uh, a new set of eyes is going to look at, at the shenanigans that Twitter has been uh, using in order to influence elections. But in the past two days, Republican accounts, Republican accounts, have shown, oh, bleach wiped, thank you. Appreciate that, Chris. Has ha, In the past two days, Republican accounts have shown a 72% increase in followers just since the Elon announcement. 72%. I see it every day. Republican accounts going, hey, I just picked up another 30,000. Where, where were you guys? Well, they were knocked off. They weren't allowed to participate. That's that's where they were. And now Twitter's trying to clean a lot of that up before the new set of eyes gets a look at the books over at Twitter. I hope they open up all the books. You know, I, I, I would hope, and, and if anybody can figure this out, it would be Elon, but I would hope that he would just have an open source over there that they would ban things like, uh, you know, porn, kitty porn, you know, that, that kind of thing. No, can't, can't do that. Um, and, and direct threats to people can't do that. And you can have a computer, you know, a robot computer do that. <laughs> I'd fire them all, let a robot computer knock out the porn and knock out the threats. And then what you want to say is what you get to say. It's the way it ought to be. It's called free speech. It's called First Amendment. And if you're uncomfortable with it, well, then don't go, don't go read it. If it makes you feel uncomfortable, then don't go read it. Do something else with your life. Pick up the Bible. Pick up a book. I don't care. Do something else. But you don't have to go read it. So if you're made uncomfortable by it, don't go over there. So the vice president has COVID-19. I'm going to break into that a little bit when we come back because it's a pretty interesting, some, some interesting twists concerning her, her COVID uh, positiveness. So that's coming up and traffic and weather. San Antonio's News, Traffic, and Weather Station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And this is a moment for President Biden to take this, um, our, our momentum, people's fear. Um, they're disgusted with the war. They're disgusted with energy prices. And, and, and use that to solidify a message to the American people that now is the time to transition. This is where the jobs are. 
Oh, goodness. Uh, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Your comments on the news of the day. Trey Ware here, Don Morgan right there, Chris Glasgow, and Elaine Rodriguez. Good to have you with us this morning. Thank you for joining us. Kamala Harris has COVID. You remember yesterday we were talking about uh, Robert Francis O'Rourke getting COVID, but the you know he made it a point to say he was vaxxed and boosted. I don't know what's going on, man. I was vaxxed and boosted, baby. I got the COVID. And now Kamala, man. Kamala. They were quick to say she has not been in contact with the president or the first lady. <laughs> no, they don't want anybody. They don't want nobody to be around. Uh-uh, no. Joe sleeps all day. Are you kidding? Unless Kamala's up there sleeping with him, but I don't think that's going on. So, no, she wouldn't be in his presence. Here's what's interesting about the Kamala story. Four Moderna shots. Two. Uh-huh. Four. Two booster shots and she wears two masks i'm gonna wait for one of you scientists out at the uh science center to give me a call real quick at 210-599-5555 and explains that to me and our listeners how is that possible <laughs> she is quadruple vaccinated and double boosted that that's what her office said yesterday she received four shots of Moderna vaccine and two booster shots. Now, the normal course for most people at this point right now is two shots of Pfizer or Moderna and then one booster shot. So a total of three shots. This gal, she's got six shots <laughs> and she wears two masks wherever she goes. She's got a double mask on. Okay, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Is this, I, I, I'm just, no, I'm not making a claim and I'm not saying anything. I'm, a, I'm merely asking a question. It just seems to me, as of late, everybody who's getting it is, is vaxxed. And the more vaxxed you are, the more likely it is you're going to get it. I don't know. I'm just making an observation. I'm no scientist, and I didn't sleep at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so I'm not trying to play one on the radio. I'm just merely asking a question. And I know it gets I know it gets under the skin of you uh, pro-vax. Uh, and by the way, I'm vaxxed and boosted. So, you know, it's not that I'm against the vax. I'm, I'm just, I don't understand. I don't get it. I, this thing was supposed to save all of our lives and was supposed to keep us from getting, hey, 15 days to stop the spread, baby, 15 days. That's all you got to have. We'll stop that spread in 15. Oh, now if you get vaccinated, man, that's it. All you got to have is one shot, and then you don't, oh, no, wait, wait a minute. Now you got two shots, and you don't have to, oh, wait a minute. Now you got to have three shots, and you ain't got a thing to worry about. Well, apparently, six shots and two masks aren't enough. Because that's what Kamala Harris had. Four Moderna shots, two booster shots, and she wears two masks. How somebody, some doctor, some scientist call me at 210-599-5555 and tell me how she ended up with COVID. Quadruple vaxxed and double boosted? Something is not right here, folk. Something's wrong. And I want to know what it is. 210-599-5555. Also... I'm continuing to press the president to say Bishop Evans. I hope that you got in touch with the White House yesterday by email. 
and flooded their email system with that name, Bishop Evans. Say his name, Joe, Bishop Evans. That's all you got to write on the email. Say his name, Joe, Bishop Evans. He hadn't said it yet. Hadn't called his parents yet. We heard from his grandparents yesterday. I'll tell you what they had to say after the news here. His name is Bishop Evans. Say his name. Joe refuses to. Raggedy Ann refuses to. They all refuse to say his name. He's a great American hero, 22-year-old, died saving others' lives, saving apparently some narco lives. And I want him to be known. Let's not rest until Joe calls his family. Let's not rest until Joe says his name. Send him an email. Joe, say his name. Bishop Evans. That's all you got to put in the email. Say his name, Bishop Evans. Dave Ramsey here, celebrating 100 years of service. News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. Are you worried that this might turn into a proxy war between the U.S. and Russia? Is this turning into a proxy war? It's not. Uh, this is clearly uh, Ukraine's fight, and uh, Ukraine's... Uh, neighbors and, and allies and partners are, are stepping up to make sure that they uh, they have what they need in order to be successful. Oh, Mr. Secretary, you're full of crap. It is a proxy war. Hold on, i got to write that down. Proxy war secretary full of BS. Okay, uh, I, I'm going to address that in just a couple of seconds. I didn't know that I was surrounded by all these old guys. First, Don Morgan says he's celebrating 100 years. And Don, you look good for 100 years old. And then Dave Ramsey says he's celebrating 100 years. And Dave sounds pretty good. He looks like he's 100, but he sounds pretty good for being 100 years old. Everybody's celebrating 100 years around here. Even Elaine, and you don't look or sound anywhere near 100, Elaine. I don't, I don't understand. And Chris is getting younger uh, every day. Uh, he looks like a teenager these days, and I don't know what's going on with him, but Chris is celebrating. Everybody's celebrating 100 years. It's amazing. If you go to the KTSA 100-year page, you're going to find uh, these podcast interviews that I have been doing with uh, former KTSA personalities throughout the years. Right now, it's Blackita Cullen, BQ. Uh, she was here in the early 1980s doing the morning show. Um, I spoke yesterday with uh, Liz Houston Patronella, who is the president of the San Antonio Society of Radio Broadcasters, and she was here in the late 1960s, and she tells a fantastic story of the music director at the time, Ron Houston. And you may know Ron, you may not know Ron's name, but his voice. He and I did the uh, San Antonio Spurs commercials for more than a decade together. And uh, he's got the, or had the most incredible voice. Ron has passed on. But he was here at KTSA in the 60s, um, and he was the music director. And at that time, of course, uh, the Beatles were what we call straight out of the box You'd get the record, and you wouldn't even preview it. The way it's typically done or was done back in the day, uh, you would get the record from the record company, and the music director would listen to it. If the music director thought it was going to be worthwhile for airplay, he would take it to the program director. They would listen to it together, and then they would decide if it was going to go on. They would look at charts. Basically, it was real rudimentary at that time. They didn't have research. That came along in the 70s and 80s. We got real research intensive, and we would actually call homes and pay, play clips of songs to people in the evening, and they could 
tell us whether they liked it or not. And then we helped, that helped us make our decisions about what to play. But in the day, they didn't have all that research available to them. So it really was fly by the seat of your pants. And top 40 radio meant top 40. In the KTSA studio, when I got there, we had 40 songs that were the hot 40. And then we had the oldies that we would mix in a couple of times an hour. But we played 40 uh for for the you know for the hour and uh so an out of the box artist is one that is so popular that everything they do is a hit so you don't even preview it it comes in the mail now it's digital but back then they would mail you a copy of the record and you would take it immediately into the studio take it out of the envelope and throw it on the air and sometimes you would um you, you would interrupt whatever was going on. <laughs> you, know, you might have another song playing, and you would stop that song. And you'd say, ladies and gentlemen, I just got the brand new Beatles record, or I just got the brand new Elvis record, or I just got the brand new, uh, during my career, it, there was Kenny Rogers, you know, uh, was he was an out-of-the-box artist. He had five of the top five uh, for several months were Kenny Rogers songs. So if it came in the mail and had his his name on it, we just bah, we'd put it on, you know. So, um, yeah, uh, and this happened with, with uh, uh, the Beatles at that time. Ron Houston got one. He and Liz walked in the studio. Bruce Hathaway was on the air. And Bruce stopped the song and put the Beatles, the brand-new Beatles songs, right out of the envelope, put it right on the turntable, played it, and it was Hey Jude. <laughs> they had never heard it before. They looked on the on the label. It said the Beatles, Hey Jude, and boom. And, of course, you know, the rest is history concerning that song and concerning the Beatles and everything else. But uh, Liz told that story yesterday. I talked to her. I talked to uh, Steve Sellers yesterday. We had a great conversation. He went to school in Kennedy listening to KTSA, and he went to school with Roy Orbison's brother. Roy was big at the time. Candyman was a big hit at the time. And uh, Roy's brother was going to school in Kennedy. Uh, Roy's daddy was working the oil fields down here. And so uh, Roy was, of course, on the road. Uh, he was a very famous very famous by that time, and uh, and Steve listened to KTSA. So I talked to both of them, and I talked to J.J. Rodriguez yesterday. J.J. was uh, Mr. Nice, as I called him here. He had the nicest, uh, friendliest personality on the radio, but off the radio he was just Mr. Friendly at all times. In fact, when I left here for about 10 minutes, uh, I went over in 85, and I started Magic 105. It didn't even exist. Not, the building wasn't there. Studios weren't built. The the transmitter was located in Seguin. Nothing existed. I built that radio station with Jack Collins. He was the general manager. And the very first guy I hired to go over there with me was J.J. Rodriguez because I wanted him in the in there with me. So anyway, uh, all that stuff is 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 on the KTSA 100 year page. Um they new uh, podcasts will go up every Tuesday. I've got about 15 of them in the can. So they'll go up every Tuesday. Jack I believe is going to interview some folks as well about the history of KTSA and those will be up there on Tuesdays as well. You can check it out. More of the history of KTSA as we celebrate 100 years of service to San Antonio. Proxy war. Let me address this real quick and then we'll take a break. You just heard Chris play the sound. Interviewer asking Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, do you are you concerned this is going to evolve into a proxy war? And he said, no, this is Ukraine's fight. Folks, let me just tell you this. It is a proxy war. It has been a proxy war from, the, from day one. I've made no bones about it. This is our war against Vladimir Putin. For whatever reason, they have decided that we are at war and we are with Russia. 
the armaments that Ukraine is using, the technology that Ukraine is using. And I'll tell you something else that people have been whispering in my ear. The drones that are flying over and attacking Russia, some of those drones, well, they're not controlled from Ukraine. The controls for some of those drones, they're not being controlled by Ukrainian forces in Ukraine, if you get what I mean. So, no, uh, this is our war against Russia. We are fighting a war against Russia. And that's why Lavrov can say, like he did two days ago, guys, you're on a precipice of World War III because we're already in this war. The United States is in a war with Russia. And you're on the precipice of World War III, and if it continues to go poorly for Russia, they just might fire off a nuke or two. It's a real possibility. So, I mean, the dishonesty that comes from this administration at every turn just, you know, it makes your blood boil. But I don't expect them to be honest. I don't expect them to tell the truth on anything. They can't. They refuse to. They're immoral. They're liars. Joe Biden is a liar. He's been a liar his entire time in politics. Lloyd Austin is a liar. Lloyd Austin would rather be doing anything other than this war. Lloyd Austin would rather be working on woke projects. He is the woke Secretary of Defense, and all he cares about is dragging our military right into a bunch of wokeness. That's all he wants to do. He sees a racist under every rock. If a white guy is there, he's a racist. This is Lloyd Austin's belief, man. If a white guy is there, he's a racist just because he's a white guy. He buys off on the CRT thing. And he totally believes that guys can be girls and girls can be guys. He totally believes that, man, if you're a guy and you feel like a woman, bump, 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 you ought to put on your Air Force uniform and your mascara and fly an airplane. That's what he believes. So fighting wars, breaking stuff, and keeping America strong is not what they're about. How else can you square that Joe Biden two days ago said, I'm going to make sure in the next few years that every one of our military vehicles are Earth-friendly? Really? You going to pull the F-16 over and charge the battery between here and Yugoslavia? What are you going to do? You going to charge the battery the next time our guys need to take off from an aircraft carrier? Is that what you're going to do? They're fly- flying over the Atlantic, and they got to land on an aircraft carrier, and the battery runs out? That's what you're going to do? The tank is going to be through the des- going through the desert in in the Middle East somewhere, and it's going to crap out because the battery craps out. And you, it, what are you going to do? Just pull it over to a charging station, Joe? <laughs> Look, I call him numbnuts, and numbnuts has nothing to do with anywhere other on his body than his brain. It's an actual term that is used for somebody who doesn't have any brain left. That's numbnuts. Well, I'm I'm going to start using that for all these people in this administration. Numbnut administration is what it is. We need a bumper sticker, Chris. Numbnut administration. The Numbnut administration. Back. Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. If Donald Trump persists in insisting he will not be on Twitter uh, in uh, opting to be on Truth, I think that Elon Musk will have overpaid for Twitter because Twitter with Trump is a far more exotic uh, product, it seems to me. Well, that's a roll, though. I saw that on the 5 yesterday. Good morning, San Antonio. Trey Ware here, Don Morgan there, Chris Glasgow, and Elaine Rodriguez, 210-599-5555, I disagree with you, Geraldo, in that I think what's going to happen here with Twitter is that Donald Trump, he won't be able to help himself. He's got nothing over at Truth Social. He's not, he doesn't even update Truth Social. If you remember on Twitter, he, he lived with his phone in his hand, man. I, we even did this thing. that we We now do the pledge. But we did this thing called the Trump Tweet of the Day. 
and I, we would play the intro, and I, just like we do with the pledge, and then I would read whatever his, whatever his tweet was. And because he had one every two minutes, it seemed like. I mean, he would wake up in the middle of the night and sit there about 3 a.m., and he would tweet. So I always had fresh material every morning, new tweets that he was putting out. And um, uh, he he really had a hard time, you know, keeping from it. And his advisors always told him, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Well, it was a great way for him to connect. And, he, and you know what? He raised a lot of money. By being that visible, a lot of people joined up with him, and that's how he got his whole MAGA message out was through Twitter. Well, Trump's, you know, true social is not happening. Getter's not happening right now. Uh, Parler's not happening right now. All the others are not happening for for many reasons, including they were shadowed by Jeff Bezos and others. But point point being, I don't believe Donald Trump is going to be able to help himself. I, I think that he is going to at some point. We'll see. Maybe I'll be wrong. But I think at some point he's going to jump in there on a Twitter thing and start tweeting again if they open it up to him again and allow him back in there. And I don't see why they wouldn't. We'll see how it plays out. But here's my, here's I'll just say this. I think I think he's going to need Twitter more than Twitter is going to need Donald Trump. I, Geraldo's looking at it the other way around that Twitter needs Donald Trump. Um, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's true. I think with what Elon is going to do, and I think with all the others in there. Uh, I think Twitter is going to be fine. It'll help Twitter to have him on there, no doubt about it. But Trump will not have the exposure that he so craves without being on Twitter. All right, let's go to the phones, Chris. Line one. Roger, you're on KTSA. Good morning to you, Roger. Hey, good morning. Um, go- I, was just, I just totally uh, agree with you on that. The, this, this government that anything they say we we need to think the opposite because they they lie about everything right um, and uh, and any also like any Republican that is not at this point because how disgusting it's gotten at this point if if, if no one's acting like DeSantis then you, you got to wonder about them as well because That's right. it has gotten so bad that Everyone should be upset. Like back in the old days, um, the people would be coming after some of these people that are trying to push the CRT stuff, and they'd be coming with pitchforks and, and flames, and you know what I mean. Get back in the day, mm-hmm. so yep, um, they got us under control to where the American people just don't want to fight back. Is, is what I feel, you know. So, um, but that's all I got, Trey. I'm glad you called, Roger. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I I, I can't uh, quibble with anything you said, that whatever this government is saying, whatever this administration is saying, you need to think the opposite. Uh, when they accuse somebody of something, you, you just need to realize they're the ones who are doing it. I've said that for years now. They lie. Joe Biden has never told the truth in 50 years. He's a plagiarist. Uh, he's very hands-on, if you know what I mean. And he's all up in the Hunter China stuff, and I'm going to explain that coming up in our, in our next half hour. So he's as corrupt as the day is long. But so is this entire administration. So, um, yes, we need to stand up. And I think that's why there's a lot of conservatives that are very excited about the whole Elon Musk thing, because they see this as a moment that is turning against the woke crowd. And the woke crowd sees it as that, too. That's why they're crying. That's why they're upset. That's why they're freaked out. Because they're losing control. They cannot control Elon Musk. He's beyond their control. And um, 
he, he may not be a conservative, but he sure is leading a freedom movement right now, and we love that. Baklinski said, I was in the organization, and I'm going to tell you, I met with Joe Biden, and Joe Biden knew exactly what we were doing when we were doing it. He's the big guy. He got 10% cut right off the top, just like a mafia boss. You know, he gets 10% right off the top. I've called him the Biden crime family for years, man, because I believe in this whole mess that we're seeing that is now uh, developing. Hunter Biden's business partner, Eric Schwerin, visited the White House. We were told earlier this week, because the logs were found 19 times, but scratch that. Even that wasn't accurate. They found a new set of logs, kind of like the books that are kept off the books, right? Total 29 times, 29 times between 2009 and 2016. He was a Hunter Biden business associate there to see the vice president. Meetings were significant because Joe Biden has claimed he has no knowledge of Hunter Biden's family business scheme. Well, let me say something about this Eric Swearing guy. He had no business being in the White House other than to go see the big guy. Was he taking, was he the mule taking the 10%? I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is it's official that this guy who was in business with Hunter Biden, who was in business with China, taking money out of China on Air Force Two, he's visiting Joe Biden in the White House while Joe is the vice president. And Joe flies to Ukraine and says, call off the investigation into Hunter and his business dealings, or you're not going to get a billion dollars out of the U.S. government. And SOB is what Joe said. They called it off in less than eight hours. I was able to get on the plane and fly home. Now, the web that they weave is pretty interesting, too. You know, I've talked about the permanent state in Washington, D.C., the people who are always there. Administrations change. The faces change. The pictures go up. The pictures come down. They'll take new carpet or, you know, take the carpet out of the Oval Office, put new carpet in, rearrange the furniture a little bit, that kind of thing. But the people who run the country stay there. It's the same people, administration in and administration out. That's why Donald Trump had such a hard time bringing freedom back to America, because he was fighting the people in the administration and people in the government. I'll give you an example. Yes, I'll give you an example. Why would this guy, Eric Swearing, who was in business, Rosemont Seneca, with Hunter Biden, meeting with Joe Biden in the White House when Joe Biden was vice president. Why would he be meeting with Aaron Blinken? Does that name sound familiar, Aaron Blinken? Blinken, Blinken, hmm, let me think for just a second. Blinken, Blinken, stinking Blinken. Hmm. Oh, Anthony Blinken is the current Secretary of State. So back in the day when Joe was vice president, his wife worked with Joe in the White House and meeting with Hunter's business associate. And now today, her husband is the Secretary of State. Oh, now, come on. I know where your head went with all that influence stuff. I know. Your head went straight to more influence. I don't go there now. We don't have any evidence about that. Come on. You're getting out, you're getting out ahead of your skis on this now. You just wait a little bit and see if, see what kind of info we get. But we did get some other interesting info concerning Joe. Hey, Joe, where's the 5.2 million that we know of that you did not report? Come on, man. Yeah, come on, Joe. He agreed to pay Hunter's legal fees for his deal with a Chinese government-controlled company, according to emails. 
The revelation now directly ties Joe Biden even closer to Hunter's overseas business dealings and makes his previous claims that he never discussed them with his son an absolute lie. Joe paid the bills after earning millions of dollars once he left office as vice president. Joe couldn't earn 15 cents. But as always happens when these guys leave office, these people that they helped along the way give them speaking engagements. Remember when Clinton left and he, you know, all of a sudden everybody wanted Bill Clinton to speak for him and, and he was charging them, oh yeah, a million bucks for 15 minutes. That's all pay, that's all that is is payback, folks. Thank you for helping me out while you were president. Here's a little payback for you. And so Joe did the same thing. Joe got out of office and money kept on coming and he was making millions of dollars. The problem was there were millions that he didn't put on his transparency form. The financial filings reveal that he declared seven million more income on his tax returns than he did on his government transparency reports. So there's five point two million earned by Joe's company not listed on the transparency reports. Why, Joe? Why wouldn't you want to put five point two million on the trans is it, Joe, is it possible that the five point two million that you didn't put on the transparency report that you don't want people to know that it came from China? Maybe? Did it come from China, Joe? The missing millions combined with the emails on Hunter's abandoned laptop showing that Joe has a 10% share in Hunter's blockbuster deal with the Chinese because the math adds up to the 10% that the big guy gets. And in January 2019, Hunter's assistant, Katie Dodge, wrote an email to bookkeeper Linda Shapiro and Biden aide Richard Ruffner saying Joe is going to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars of bills on Hunter's business. Now, wait a minute. Joe is going to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in uh, in legal fees and other fees for Hunter's business, but Joe's never discussed Hunter's business with Hunter, but yet he's writing checks for hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay legal fees? I spoke with Hunter today, Dodge said, regarding his bills. It's my understanding that Hunt's, that's what they called him, Hunt's dad, will cover these bills as Hunter transitions in his career. $737,130.61. Now, you going to tell me that Joe wrote a check for $737,130.61, and he didn't talk to Hunter about his business? Oh, son, here you go. Here's $800,000. I, I won't ask you what you need it for. <laughs> I won't ask you what you need the 800 grand for, son. Don't tell me, okay? BHR, it's a private equity firm that uh, Hunter Biden's involved in, two major Chinese business ventures owned by the state-controlled Bank of China. In other words, owned by China. Hunter Biden owned by China, which if Joe Biden is doing Hunter for $800,000, you know Joe Biden's owned by China, right? Come on. <laughs> and the same year that Joe took on the bills for Hunter, he promised that, quote, no one in my family will have an office in the White House if I'm elected. Nobody will sit on a meetings if they're a cabinet member, will in fact have any business relationship with anyone that relates to a foreign corporation or a foreign country. No, because that's him. He doesn't need to have a family member do it. He's the family business guy. He's the big guy in the family business. Not only did Hunter hold on to his 10% share of BHR through 2021, confirmed by the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki last February, that Hunter was still in that Chinese business, 
The emails also indicate Joe knew about it, even agreed to pay Hunter's legal fees. The bills also include $412,000 in unpaid taxes dating back to 2015. Hunter is right now being investigated for tax offenses, money laundering, illegal lobbying for foreign clients. While in office, Joe had a modest income. But he had millions of dollars soon after he got out of office from these massive speaking fees. All of a sudden, everybody wanted to hear Joe Biden speak. And they were paying him tons of money. $16.5 million in gross income between 2017 and 2019. However, the Office of Government Ethics got a filing from Joe that said it was 9.6. No, he was paid $16.5, and he, he, he filed for 9.6. Now, that's that. I mean, a lot of this stuff I can take you off into the weeds. I'm not going to do it. He's corrupt. He's corrupt. And another reason why, in November, you got to get the Republicans in there. I've said it. Uh, investigate Hunter. Investigate Joe. Impeach Joe for this. Impeach Joe for what he's done at the border. Get, get him out of office. He's a corrupt politician. Always has been. And he needs to go. He needs to be uh, impeached. He needs to be removed from office. That needs to happen right away. But also, I'll say again to my Republican friends, have your day one plan ready to go and focus that day one plan on the economy, gas, groceries, health care, the border, uh, crime in the streets. Day one, this is what we're going to do to fix the ills of the country. And we're going to investigate Hunter Biden and Joe Biden for all their connections and corruption with China. 210-599-5555. i got to tell you about my friends at Amity Bank. Just a wonderful family bank in all respects, all avenues. Uh, Nancy and I started our relationship with them many years ago, more than a decade ago, because we wanted to refi our mortgage on our home. And I just called David McGee, and I said, how do we do this? I didn't know the first thing about it. And uh, he walked us through the process, got us with one of his bankers, one of his mortgage specialists, and we went through the entire process, and it saved us a ton of money uh, by going and, and refinancing with them. I, and I knew it immediately. I knew they were a family bank, and the way they treated us was with a family attitude. Well, the same is true if you got a family business, because they understand family businesses. They understand the complexities of family businesses. They understand the struggles of family business and what you go through with your family business. And you're doing everything you can to make your family business a success, and they understand all that, and they're here to help you with everything. Every aspect of it, every aspect, from helping you find the right people to helping you put together a business plan that makes sense for your business, and then, of course, with the financing that you need to make that business, that family-run business, a success that it can be. Your life is on the line, right? I mean, you feel it every day when you get up to get in there. And uh, Amogee is here as your family bank. That's Amogee N.A. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. KTSA, AccuWeather forecast today. Clouds and breaks of sun with a high near 80. Tomorrow, areas of low clouds are becoming partly sunny and breezy with a high of... Participating U.S. Wendy's. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. All right, 623 now, KTSA. Good morning to you. It's Wednesday. Trey Ware here at 210-599-5555. You know, every day here on this show and then after 7 with Ware and Rima, and, and, and even with Jack in the afternoon, and Jack filled in for Sean the other morning at 9, and he, he talked about this as well, we're, we're faced with this cultural issue that has really taken over the schools. 
A little bit later on this morning, I, I'm going to hold off um, on, on the piece a little bit later on because it's a, a mature piece. I'm just going to wait till the kiddos get to school before I get into it. It's a new book called Uology that is teaching kids, indoctrinating kids about transgenderism. I've also got a story about how another library a librarian uh getaway that they, you know they have these conferences for librarians was all about having trannies and um drag queens uh, appear there and drag queen hour and and all that kind of stuff uh, because now that the attention has been turned to the classroom and what teachers are saying primarily because of what happened over in Florida um now librarians are starting to take up the the grooming and they're having library ses- library sessions in schools where they are now grooming children and talking to children about sex in the libraries now. Librarians are. And so they're having conferences on how to do that and how to talk with them about their sexuality and how to tell a boy that he's actually a girl and so on and so forth. So they're now kind of passing that to librarians at their conferences. I'm going to talk about several conferences that have happened uh, that uh, that have that content in the librarian conferences. The only way we're going to stop this and bring some common sense back to the schools and life is by shining a light on it. So I know it's uncomfortable for you folks who are teachers or involved in schooling, but, you know, this is the only way we're going to do it. And I'm not saying that everybody is involved in it, not everybody's doing it, but we have to shine the light on those who are in order to get it stopped. Uh, Jack talked about somebody who had sent him an email of a uh, problem that was given to the students in Northside at an elementary school. And the problem with something like this, and I'm paraphrasing, but the problem with something like this, that uh, Mario is has now having a hard time be, because he's realizing that his grandparents have not accepted his new identity. That Mario's parents have been supported, and his friends at school are supportive. But he's having a hard time because his grandparents are not supportive of his new identity. In fact, his grandparents will not call him Mario. His grandparents call him by his birth name, which is Melody or Melanie, one or the other. See, Mario is actually born a girl, but Mario decided that he was a boy or that she was a boy. But biologically, Mario is a girl, and that's what the grandparents say, that they are going to continue to call Mario by her birth name. That was a Jack brought that up on his show. That was a problem that was given to students right here at Northside Independent School District. He said, "And my question is, Brian Woods know that, and does Brian Woods support that superintendent over there? Does he does he support that question being used in his school? That problem being are his schools, his elementary schools? Does he support that? That's a question I would have for the superintendent over there. I'd start right at the top of the superintendent and then the school board. But anyway, I digress for just a minute. And I think that's an important question for him to answer." Maybe some of you parents from Northside will want to ask him that question. But let me bring this up real quick, and then i got to take a break. You live in corporate America. When we were owned by CBS, we were uh, taught about sexual harassment every day. Every day we got an email. Once a month or twice a month, somebody would fly in from New York to have, you know, an attorney to have a meeting with us about sexual harassment. And none of us sexually harassed each other at all. We were, man, they, they managed, they took us to the point where we'd walk around staring at our shoes because nobody wanted to even look at each other because they had it down to a science way. Yep, if you look this way or you give that person a little bit of a smile, that could be misinterpreted as a sexual, come on. 
So, man, you'd literally walk down the hallways, and that was hard for all of us because we're family. Most of us have been there forever, so we're family. We hug, and we buried children, and we've you know we've gone to weddings and everything else together as a family. And they made us. They they cowered us because of all the sexual harassment stuff, particularly after Janet Jackson nipple thing that happened on a CBS network. And boy, did they go crazy. Well, it's it still exists. We still have HR. Every company does, right? And if you walk into somebody's cubicle today and start talking sex with a coworker, well, chances are really good you're going to face harassment charges from HR. Chances are very good that that's going to happen. If you go in, if you just took the script that some of these school folks are using with children, and you took it to work and read the same script that these school folks are using with children, and talk about your sexual exploits at home, and I'm talking about using with five-year-olds. You, <laughs> they're talking to five-year-olds this way in the schools. And if you did it at work, you know you'd be drugged down before HR sensitivity training. Watch this video. Make sure you do this. Don't say that. Write an email of apology to everybody you can think of. You know exactly how it would go. If you did exactly what the teachers and these librarians and whatever are doing in our schools with our five, six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds. But they tell us, and Weingarten tell us, tells us, and the upper echelon of the education community tells us it's a necessary thing for them to do it to kids. So why is it sexual harassment uh, punishable by lawsuits or firing, termination, and so on? Why is it sexual harassment for adults to do it at work, but for adults to do it to children? It's necessary. We have to do that. We have to teach them these things. Anybody ever think about that? Anybody ever brought that one up at a school board meeting? If the school board were to do these things among themselves as adults, they could be charged with harassment in front of HR. If teachers were to do it to teachers in the teacher's lounge, or if a principal were to do it to a teacher, it would be considered sexual harassment, and they would face HR charges. But a teacher or a librarian or an administrator or a counselor can do it to a five-year-old? Who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? Think about it. Tell you about Matt Spawn, Spawn Law, S P A H N, SpawnLawFirm.com. That's where you find Matt Spawn. Great guy, understands the law when it comes to estate planning like no one else. We discovered Matt Spawn years ago and had him put together our program for our grandchildren. You know how life changes, right? So you want to make sure that the assets that you work so hard for, you're staring at red brake lights right now, you know, and you're going to be there all day and get home at dark 30 tonight, fall into the bed. Well, your friend Matt Spawn is here to look at your situation. If you don't have an estate plan put together, please visit with him right away. If you already have one put together, this is a good month to kind of review it to take a look at it, to see where it stands. The rules change, the laws change, your family changes, your ideas on what you want to go to who, you know, that changes as well. So log on today and make your appointment. And see my friend Matt Spawn. It'll be a great appointment for you. You're going to love this guy too. S-P-A-H-N, Spawn. Five six eight seven four seven. This is Jack Riccardi celebrating 100 years of service on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. There's a fight uh, in the south and east of the country. Uh, continues. Uh, that's a different kind of terrain. Uh, they'll need uh, different kinds of things uh, to be able to shape that fight a bit, a bit better. So we're looking at uh, long-range artillery uh, and, uh, and tanks 
uh, in armored vehicles and those types of things. <laughs> that's our that's our defense secretary <laughs> talking about what we're doing in Ukraine. <laughs> And you go tell me it's not a proxy war. You go tell me that this is not our war with Russia. Okay. All right. I suppose you want to sell me some oceanfront property right over here on Nagalito Street, too, don't you? All right. It's 639 Treyware KTSA, and i got to welcome in my friend John Hayward from Breitbart.com. Always read him. Always get his stuff at Breitbart.com and at John Hayward as well, and the author of Dr. Zero, Year One. Good morning to you, John. Good morning. Thanks for having me on again. Oh, always, man. You, you are a major part of what we do here. Are you ready for a big tax increase? Uh, Chuck Schumer saying yesterday that the only way we're going to stop inflation is if we raise taxes on the middle class and people, and we're going to do it through reconciliation because we know the Republicans will never vote for it. So we're not paying enough at the pump. We're not paying enough for groceries when we can find them. We're not paying enough at the uh, at the restaurant. We're not paying enough for uh, the fun stuff, if there's any more fun stuff that we can pay for. No. No, we've got to pay more in taxes, say the Democrats. Right. You're already paying what is probably, for most people listening to this, the biggest tax increase in your lifetime, thanks to Bidenflation, Joe Biden's inflation. It's a tax. Inflation is a tax. It happens because of his stupid, long-headed policies and his irresponsible spending, and it drives up the cost of everything. So it's taxing you to finance this multi-gazillion trillion dollar government that has no idea where its money's even going. And now here come the Democrats to say, we're going to finish you off. We're going to raise your taxes even more so you have fewer of those inflated dollars to spend and the businesses that hire you especially small businesses that are already reeling from inflation will now get socked with a giant tax train and they'll start collapsing and firing people if the, if the democrats were a military enemy trying to destroy america they couldn't come up with a better plan i mean this, this i think they are like an attack <laughs> i think it they really are does feel I, like that it, yeah it really does I, th- I think they are an enemy, and they are an enemy of, of the people, of the hardworking uh, people of the United States. And I think that the hardworking people of, of, of the United States are under attack by the Democrats. They're doing everything that they can to try to destroy the middle class and uh, traditional family values uh, in this country. And, boy, I just love the way they got their panties in a water over Elon Musk, and they're all freaking out. I love watching this. This has been fun. This has been a fun week. Yeah, I hope the show continues. It's been a fun show for free, free speech until now. I have my reservations about Elon Musk. I, I really don't think free speech should depend on one billionaire, even if he is 100% sincere and well-intentioned, stepping in with a, a crazy amount of money to buy this company. We should have inalienable rights, including rights online, that no company can violate. It should be a simple bill of rights type situation, not the government taking control of internet companies, but just a way for us all to be protected and know that we can't be throttled. But look at what Elon Musk has done just in a couple days, just by taking over Twitter. Not only has he freaked out all the right people, and you've got journalists, you know, basically sounding like Chinese Communist Party mandarins, yelling about how we need censorship and nobody but them should be allowed to talk, and this is an outrage. But look at what's happening on Twitter. If you use it at all, you've noticed an incredible transformation over the last 24 hours thousands of people that used to follow you are coming back. I mean, you're, you're beginning to discover how much conservatives were throttled, and it, it's mostly conservatives that are noticing this. Their followers are coming back, their engagement numbers are going up, their tweets are being spread further and wider. There are so many people seeing this that it's undeniable some switch has been flipped, and it really was that simple. They were doing stuff to suppress conservatives, now they're not doing it anymore, and the transformation is just stunning in one day. 
not only, and we have this story in our news this morning, were they doing stuff to throttle conservatives, but they were doing stuff to pump up the Democrats. In fact, Obama lost uh, hundreds of thousands yesterday. Katy Perry lost hundreds of thousands yesterday as well. Well, those people just didn't sign off Twitter and go poof into thin air. Those were either bots or those were fake accounts or whatever that were being used to bolster the Democrat side of things. And they're trying to clean it up as, as well as they can right now. And what Whatever is not being bleach-bitted in a computer right now or put through a shredder in the offices right now, they're trying to clean it up as much as they can because a new set of eyes are about to be on those books. And one of the things that, and make no mistake, I like Elon because he is a, a disruptor. He he goes in and he just goes in and says, "This is I'm going to do something different today, and I'm going to you know change. I'm, I'm going to change the way things are traditionally done." And I like guys who do that. But I'm under no misconception about his politics. I think he leans to the left, but we'll see. Uh, I'm un- under no uh, pre preconditioned notion about what he may or may not do with Twitter. I just like the fact that he went in there, he's talking free speech at least, he's shaking it up. They're obviously making changes already before he gets a hold of the books and can open those books up. And I'm, I'm hoping he opens opens them up completely and, and lets everybody see exactly what Twitter has been doing all these years to carry the narrative and carry the water for Joe biden and the left yeah i think you're right i think a lot of people at work there are trying to wipe their servers with a cloth as hillary clinton would put it <laughs> and get rid of all that, that incriminating data now supposedly this this was all locked down in a way that they can't do it and it was done by surprise the employees didn't see it coming and they found themselves locked out of the administrative functions they need to delete all their emails and their inner office communications and their crappy little algorithms and all the other stuff they were doing so the word is that that ellen has the receipts and they can't get rid of it and he's going to show it to us all we'll see you know that that is a story that will unfold if it's really true. But a statement has definitely been made. And I hope that this is sending a shot across the bow to other corporations. Combine this with Florida and Disney, you know, and the big story there about Disney aggressively interfering in politics, attacking parents in the state of Florida. Florida pushes back. And all of a sudden, these these lefties who are always screaming that we all need our taxes raised are sobbing in anguish that special tax rates for a mega corporation are going to be taken away. Right. They agree with it politically and it's useful to them. This is very clarifying. This should all be very clarifying to people about the true nature of the relationship between big business and big government. Big businesses are not inherently conservative. They are not inherently opposed to big government. And here comes some really stunning lessons in how they're politically aligned and maybe the beginning of those big businesses deciding to change their ways or or realizing at last that it's unprofitable to continue to be these kind of fascist corporatist operatives for extreme leftism. They may have found the boundaries of corporate activism this past month. Well, ExxonMobil said don't put the gay flag up and don't put the BLM flag up in front of our corporate headquarters. You're not allowed to do that. So I think you're right. I, I, what, what I'm excited about is I see a, t- a tide turning, right? And we're in the very early stages of it. For over a year now, possibly even two years, I've been pumping your governor as the next president. He's my president. I'm already calling him my president. I, uh, that guy, if he goes to D.C. and does what he has done for your state, and I'm sorry, John, I think we ought to steal him out of your state and send him to D.C. because if he does... 
for the country what he has been doing for your state. Uh, Ron DeSantis can 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 do a lot uh, for the United States of America, and I've been on his bandwagon for quite some time. But that's another th- reason why I'm hopeful in the Elon thing as well, because uh, you know what what we're seeing here is the opportunity at least for a tide to turn, and instead of conservatives being kicked in the mouth everywhere, we see some sunlight at the end of the tunnel, and possibly we're going to have a voice again and some opportunities again to kind of change this, what I call this lunatic, lefty lunatic Democrat behavior that's been going on, and start hearing some reasonable voices once again. And what happens when that playing field is level? That's what's terrifying lefties over these past couple of days. Look at how poorly they've been doing with the most unlevel playing field imaginable, with everything tilted in their direction, with Twitter 98% run by people of the hard left and, and run in their favor, with all of the advantages that they have from scurrilous tactics like this and control of speech, and they still can't really win elections. I mean, they still have to resort to all kinds of funny business to get their election numbers up. They're still in trouble across the country. Now, if they lose that tremendous advantage in information control right as they're about to get walloped in a midterm that was turning against them anyway, I think they're right to be worried about an existential crisis. There's this thing called a preference cascade, and it happens when people, ordinary people, notice that all of what they've been told is wrong, that they're not isolated, you're not alone, you're not weird if you don't think five-year-olds should be getting sexual indoctrination lessons in school, you're not weird if you don't think seven-year-olds should be taught that they're racist because their skin is white, you're normal, that's everybody, you're surrounded by people who feel like you do, and you should shouldn't feel like you're some sort of a, a wacky fringe extremist like the media has been trying to portray you as. Once the left loses that advantage, then we'll see what the electorate has to say. One final thing, I'll let you go. Uh, it was announced yesterday, well, two days ago, let me go back up, two days ago, that Bobby O'Rourke, I don't call him Beto, Robert Francis O'Rourke, uh, has got uh, COVID. We wish him well. But, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's vaxxed and, and, and he's boosted. Okay, put that aside for a minute. Announced yesterday that Kamala Harris has tested positive for COVID-19. <clears throat> she has, John, four Moderna shots, two uh, booster shots, and she wears two masks at a time where we sold where we sold a bill of goods for the past two years on this whole vax thing and a you know mask wearing thing four moderna shots she is quadruple vaccinated four moderna shots two booster shots and she wears two masks at a time yeah, I mean, this has been my complaint all along, that too much of what we were told was untrue. It's, it's voodoo, witch doctory. It's political theater. Cloth masks are useless. They always have been. Everybody who's a real doctor knows that. But this tremendous pretense was put on that the masks were some kind of magic shield, and obviously they're not. They don't work, and people that wear masks are getting COVID. Now, the vaccines are supposed to make the COVID infection less severe, and if they do their job, then getting COVID shouldn't be that big of a deal, and hopefully it won't be for, for a work or for, you know, for Kamala. I hope they recover quickly. I hope they have mild infections. I hope the vaccines do that for them and, and make it milder. But that isn't how it was presented to us. We were told these things were magic talismans that would stop the coronavirus. And for the past year and a half, two years, we've been told that anybody that gets COVID is a bad person. You got it because you're politically incorrect. You got it because you're a stupid anti-vaxxer idiot and you deserve to get it. And now that all these, these high-toned elites are coming down with coronavirus and cascades and some of their events are turning into super spreader events, all of a sudden, we're not hearing that anymore. We're not hearing well, that getting COVID because you're a bad person. 
not only that, but people lost their jobs and their livelihoods over this. And look, the people that took it, and she's quadruple vax and wears two masks, uh, she got it. If I would have lost my job over not getting the vaccination, I'd be super pissed right now. Thank you, John. We'll talk next week. I always appreciate our, our visits, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That is John Hayward from Breitbart.com. i got to tell you about our friends at Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat, and AC. And now we're getting right back up into the hot time. I'm looking at the forecast here, and we're looking at the at the 80s and possibly the 90s by the time we get close to the weekend. How is your AC system? Is it ready for a hot summer? Well, there's a good way to find out. That's to call 210-651-5899 and have a great expert tech from our friends at uh, Quarter Moon Plumbing, Heat, and AC show up and do a thorough, thorough uh, examination of your system. They start outside they go through the coils they go through the compressor they look at everything make sure everything is tightened up make sure the unit is clean outside they follow all the electronics and all the lines inside then they look at all the duct work you're going to know you can rest assured knowing that your system is ready for the hot summer months and if not if not then uh, they'll uh, recommend fixes to you or a replacement system and they'll stand here to back up all the great warranties available to you from quarter moon plumbing issues don't let them worry you just call quarter moon they'll get a fully stocked truck and a master plumber your direction that's quarter moon plumbing Heat may see at 210 6 Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. Their followers are coming back, their engagement numbers are going up, their tweets are being spread further and wider. There are so many people seeing this that it's undeniable some switch has been flipped, and it really was that simple. They were doing stuff to suppress conservatives, now they're not doing it anymore, and the transformation is just stunning in one day. All right, so Ware and Rima are coming up after the 7 o'clock news with Captain Don Morgan. I just want to take a brief minute here. And say good morning to our friends, Chris and James, who are listening up in uh, Colorado. And everybody else who's listening anywhere else across the USA, I appreciate you getting up early at 5 o'clock with me. I hear from people all every day that are listening to this show in places like Florida and California, believe it or not, and uh, Colorado and also Wyoming and uh, South Dakota. Some friends I met up in South Dakota last year and up in Kansas and Ohio as well and Oklahoma on the Indian Reservation. Thank you so much for listening. Warren Ryman coming up next, KTSA.